Hello and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. I am your host, Al the Brewer, and I am so glad you are listening today. This podcast is for anyone that wants to learn more about craft beer and the culture that surrounds it. Whether you're brand new to the scene or a vet of craft beer, I hope you find something to take away from this podcast. So, pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy. Cheers. Hello and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast, season two, episode two. How are you doing out there? Oh, I'm so excited to be back behind the microphone, to be back doing the podcast. I mean, I was doing all these interviews and yeah, thank you so very much for coming out and I just said it and I'm take a shot, take a drink, whatever. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to episode one with the grapes and grain gals. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. Anyways, how are you doing out there in podcast land? So good to be back with you okay so if this is your first time listening to the podcast here's the deal i have on this podcast kind of three main uh sections styles uh i don't know what you want to call flavors of the podcast we have the uh i know nothing about beer podcast which is mainly interviews with people where we try to learn something about beer together and then we have my like barstool rants where I definitely do that. I rant about something and hopefully we learn something together, but it's just mainly me behind the microphone. Then we have our dad into beer uh, section, which is, or thing, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that is my microphone. What, what just happened? Headphones don't give out on me. There we go. Um, you are all of $15. Um, um, and then uh, dad into beer where it's, me and another dad and we're talking about being a dad and how beer plays a part of or how like our own personal histories in beer and how we're trying to be a dad in a beer and be a good dad and all that other fun jazz and then there's this one um which really was the was what i thought this podcast was going to be totally about but then uh kind of changed things around so we're calling this the pious pint uh thank you paul from illicit ales go listen to season one find that episode and uh, listen to him. He's the one that gave me this uh, title of the Pious Pint, where I try to figure out this space. Uh, if you have a Venn diagram of God, beer, and community, that's what I want this uh, segment. That's the word I've been looking for, segment to be about. I want this uh, segment, the Pious Pint, to be where those three things meet. And today, I've got a fun one for you. I mean, I know I say that, all, but I, I mean, it was so good. Um, I talked to the bar chaplain and if you don't know who the bar chaplain is, he's this great guy that literally hangs out in bars, uh, breweries, talks to people and tries to be an open ear, a minister, a pastor, uh, if you want to say that way, uh, but really just tries to bring, um, a sense of being a chaplain and what that means to a bar. And it's just such a great conversation. If you are not into God, I hope that you continue to listen to this because it's such a, uh, it's someone that has a heart for other people. If you want to put it in the hum most humanistic way possible, uh, it's about someone that has a heart for people and that wants to help other people. If you lean towards a religious way, especially if you lean towards a Christian way, Jesus way, um, then I think you'll find something out of this where you 
have someone that loves Jesus and wants to share Jesus' love, um, but also wants to be uh, an open ear um, at the bar for people that may not have um, either church in their life or a minister in their life or some place where they can come and get some Jesus. So, Bar Chaplain, such a cool guy. I really appreciate talking to him. Um, I can't wait to have him back on the show because I mean, I, I just, I'm just going to need to have that happen. Um, I do have to say this. If you listen with kids in some way, there is some language that may not be appropriate. I'm just giving that heads up. I don't know if I'm going to give the explicit thing on this or not, but I'm just letting you know, um, the, if you have kids and are listening to this with kids for one, I, I, yeah, I mean, cool for you. Um, but to this, there, there is some, there are some words in there that, um, I don't know if you'd want kids hearing not a lot, but I'm just saying there, there might be a couple of, uh, four letter words in this episode. I know the pious pint is the one where I have to warn people about cursing. Um, (laughs) I love it. I just do. Anyways. Okay. Uh, I've been talking for too long. Um, everybody have yourself a good rest of the day. Oh, uh, Carol of the beers. If you're listening to this before December 14th, 2019, I am playing at New Main Brewing, 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. There's going to be a night market. Come get some Christmas shopping done. Um, Come sing some carols, uh, some Christmas songs. Drink a beer. Get an Uber, a Lyft, or a designated driver to take you home because it is going to be that much fun. Okay, I'm done. I need to be done talking. Have a good night. Thank you very much, every one of you. I appreciate you so very much. Dad blasted two more shots down. Um, Listen to episode one to get that joke. Uh, Thank you, everybody. I love you. Cheers. Tom, welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. So glad to have you on. How are you doing tonight? Hey, doing great, Alan. Thanks for having me. Hmm. What you got drinking there? Oh, man, this is a uh, dark matter. It's from Logboat Brewing Company up in St. Louis area. It's actually something my brother brought for me. It's a wheat porter, and I'm liking it. It's Yeah, it's got that lighter wheat taste. Uh, I wasn't really expecting that in such a dark beer, so having a good time with it. How about yourself? Um, I'm drinking a, um, what is this, the uh, Oak Cliff lager um i picked up a couple there's a store out this way called uh, lone star and they do um canning crowlers growlers everything uh, and i was like oh they've got this new like 10 10 under 10 to the first 10 taps if you pick up a four pack they're 10 bucks or less or they're all 10 bucks so i went there and got a couple and i'm highly enjoying this awesome oh. well tom you online are known as the bar chaplain Mm-hmm. that's how I kind of got to know you and um, this is our or what I'm calling the uh, faith meets mug or maybe pious pint I keep I keep saying both so I'm just gonna just keep saying both um, but this is a podcast uh, this is part of my series of my I know nothing about beer podcast where I see a, kind of a Venn diagram of beer uh, community and faith kind of all meeting into one and some of these talks are gonna be more about beer and faith some are gonna be about more faith community and beer some but uh you kind of really encapsulate like where that venn diagram meets all together you have the bar bar chaplain i don't want to say program i don't know the right word to use 
Um, but I've watched what you do. I've watched the events you put on, and I'm like, oh, that'd be so fun if I could fly out there and just attend one of your things. Uh, I think it would be so. I mean, I work for an airline, so that it's not like I haven't thought about it. But I have a four-month-old, so it's been really hard for me to go. Yeah, babe, let me just fly out to the, you know Florida for a couple hours and come on. Yeah, that's just not happening. Um, but tell me what you're doing here. All right. Well, man, I, I tell you, program ministry, I, I haven't really landed on the right word either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know, man. Maybe over the course of this conversation, we'll hammer out something. You'll, you'll, get, uh, you'll actually figure out what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I've been, been doing something for three years and, you know, three years in might actually know what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, but no, so bar chaplain, the idea behind it, it's not bar pastor or bar minister. The mm-hmm. idea is that a chaplain is a really specific job as someone who just listens. And, you know, someone who can provide this very affirming and comforting space. And, you know, I realize there's always this stereotype of, like, the bartender that's also a counselor. And Mm -hmm. practically speaking, that's just not possible. Like, bartenders are some of the busiest and, at the same time, most gifted people I know. That they're handling hospitality, they're running tabs, they're pouring drinks. And Mm -hmm. all the time they're expected to have an encyclopedic knowledge of everything they're serving and then they're expected to help people sort through their problems, too. And all that can't be done by one person in one frame of time. So, yeah, my my mission and my passion is I've gotten to know a few bartenders around the city at a couple of specific breweries. And, mm-hmm. yeah, man, they uh, they kind of refer people to me. You know, I'll go out and hang out on specific nights there and, mm-hmm. yeah, just make myself available to talk over a while after after a while, it turned into having programs, too, like uh, we do a brew theology, which is mm-hmm. this open conversation. Uh, we have, uh, there is a Bible study that meets in one of the breweries that I'm a part of. Uh, even done a beer and hymns event, so just all kinds oh, of possible. Oh, see, I've been there. wanting to do one of those. I haven't heard, I haven't seen one around the DFW area. And where, where in general are you at? Uh, so usually I'm at Ardwolf Brewing Company in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay, in Jacksonville. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Um so let me, uh, let me, I don't mean to start you over, but um, give me an idea of what is your faith story before we get into how you and, and alcohol started, uh, started in a, you know, I'll say working together as well. But what is your faith story? And just as much as you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, sure. Absolutely, man. Uh, so I grew up in a religious family. And, you know, by that, I mean, my parents were Southern Baptist, but at the same time, they were Southern Baptist and asking a lot of questions. So it was kind of a a safe space to, you know, I I wasn't going to be immediately shot down for asking questions about things Mm -hmm. in the Bible. So it was was a good way in which to grow up. Uh, At the same time, the church that we were all a part of wasn't so welcoming. And so after a while, I think about age 18, I just kind of said, you know, I'm I'm over this. I don't really have any hatred toward the church, but it's not really my thing anymore. Uh, So went off to college, which is a great place to not be religious. Like lots of Mm -hmm. lots of opportunities to explore and learn from other people. Yeah. So that was just church that you left, or was it SBC? Uh, you know, it it was kind of just church in general. Uh, And like I said, wasn't really an antipathy toward it. I didn't see it as leaving Christianity behind or anything. Just Mm kind of dropped out of the church scene for a while. Uh, Went to college. Got man, I, I never really had like. A beer pong phase. I kind of jumped straight into craft beer. Like they had left hand milk stout on tap where I was, <laughs> and so at that point, man, it, it got me hooked early. Um, gotcha. Yeah, and so I actually then wound up finding that there's just this amazing community in the brewery space. 
And so uh, in particular, I wound up going to a Christian conference one time. And I was a little cautious because I was like, I'm not really not really sure how I feel about going back into an explicitly Christian setting. Uh, and so I actually kind of ran away from those people and hung out in a bar. And then I discovered that, like, oh, the people from that conference had followed me there. And not, like, to follow me there. Like, but, not, not something creepy. There was yeah, nothing yeah. stalkery going on. But it was just like, oh, Christians can go into a bar and, like, not burst into flame? It, it was one of those moments seen. like, oh, you're here too. Okay. Yeah. All exactly. right. I see you. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I, I kind of thought, like, all right, if, if the love of God can find me in a bar then this could take me anywhere. Uh, Mm. And so I wound up actually going into ministry. I worked in churches for about seven years, but over time discovered that I was really talking talking about faith and really talking with people through a lot of their stuff in bars more than I was in churches. Mm. Uh, so yeah at first it was kind of a joke of like oh if i were really serious about this i'd leave my church job and just go hang out in bars and well then one day i sat down with my senior pastor who i was working with and i was like hey so uh i'm gonna quit my ministry job and go hang out in bars <laughs> and he's like one more time son <laughs> yeah uh, he was actually super supportive okay, um yeah yeah not not so much about the alcohol component but definitely mm-hmm. about meeting people where they are uh, so actually is my day job now. I work as a hospital chaplain, which that enables cool. me to really hone the skills of being able to listen to people well and to really kind of meet them where they're coming from. And if, if no one knows what a hospital chaplain is, um, I've, I, I would I, let me give out what the, the definition I know of and then you you expand or subtract as, as needed. But um, the hospital chaplain is literally there just as a open ear to anybody that might need to either talk, mourn, um, or uh, literally just need another presence for whatever reason that may be, whether it be for something, normally something more tragic than not, um, but um, for all different types of situations. Would, it, would you say that's yes, no? That, that is exactly it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, th- there's kind of this stereotype that chaplains only show up when someone dies. That's that mm-hmm. is not the case at all. Uh, so often it's just when somebody needs somebody to talk to, and yeah. that could be anything from, "Hey, as long as I'm here in the hospital, I'm having a hard time with my relationship with my mom, and I just kind of need somebody to talk to for a little mm-hmm. while." Chaplain will come in and do that. Uh, yeah. Or you know, "Hey, I've been." waiting on this one surgery for days now and I'm getting really anxious could just kind of use somebody to talk to. That's yeah. where a chaplain steps in. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, when I was in college, they had kind of a dorm chaplain program mm-hmm. and it was, uh, I did that for a year and then I became like kind of a head dorm chaplain where I had other dorm chaplains underneath me. Um, and it was literally just go around, check up, see how, cause uh, I went to a Christian college and um, it was literally just to go around, check on the dorm, check how everybody's doing, and just kind of be that extra, you know, just the just a hey, how are classes? How's life at home? How's you know, how's mom doing? Because the last time you told me mom was doing had some you know had some health issues. You, you know, do you need a prayer? Do you want to pray? No. Okay. Cool. I just want to be know that I'm here for you, and um, that was that was such an uh, it was an experience that uh, taught me so much about how. Ministry can be so much about listening, and how about ministry can so much being just being in presence, not present Absolutely. but in presence, yeah, um, of a moment or a person. Well, and, 
Yeah, and so much of it, too. And I, I love the way you describe it of, you know, just this kind of checking in with people. Uh, mm. Kind of my go-to principle of it is just that the chaplain's job is to make sure that no one is facing their situation alone, gotcha. whatever that situation may be. Okay, gotcha. So you mentioned in college you get to know craft beer. Uh, mm-hmm. Milk Stout, I know that one. It is very good. Um, where was this at? Uh, so that was a little place called Kenyon College. It was up in the middle of nowhere in Ohio. Okay. Uh, actually Ohio is a be... bit of middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know it's a middle of nowhere town when you have to describe it by what it's near. And so, yeah, this was about an hour northeast of Columbus. Okay. But, so uh, I live in, in Fort Worth, in the Fort Worth yeah. area. Uh, my family is from – my mom's family is from West Texas, and my mm-hmm. aunt used to live um, in a city called Farwell that had um, – how do I put this? Uh, it had nine streets. And when I asked for directions to her house or her address, she goes, well, I'm right across from the, uh, the Mexican gospel station on Ninth Street. And I'm like, well, no, Aunt Vicky, what's your address? And she looks at me and she goes, Ninth Street, take a right at the Mexican gospel station. <laughs> That it, it was that middle of nowhere. I mean, it was it was it literally. I mean, I, I I never fully got an address for her. Or I got to, I had to look up the Mexican Gospel Station, find that on Google Maps, and then I was like, oh, there it is. I dropped a pin, and then it was you know, take a left at the Mexican Gospel Station. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. man, I I had a conversation with a guy recently who somehow his address came up. I don't, I don't remember what we were talking about, and he was like, well, I can't really give you an address. I have a PO box. Like oh, oh, he's like yeah, man. I'm up, I'm I'm up. You know, my house is up in the mountains, up in North Carolina. Like, but you know, here's my PO box. Wow, I come by and check it around every once in a while. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So north of Columbus, an hour and a half away from Columbus, start finding craft beer. Uh, There's there's a couple of uh, fun beers that make it out their way. Oh yeah, well, and and let's see here. That was. uh, I think we just really lucked out that we had a bar on campus that actually was into having more of the craft stuff that, you know, I will admit my, my intro to beer in general was actually Guinness. And then from there I was like, Ooh, I like a beer that kind of tastes like dessert. Let's keep yeah. going with this. Uh, and then from, from left hand opened me into a little bit more of the true craft stuff. Uh, part of it too, I actually get acid reflux. And so uh, anything that's too high on the carbonation, uh, a lot of the time the stuff that's too hoppy, especially if it's like the citra hops, uh, that'll actually set off heartburn for me. Mm. So that led me into the world of much more stouts and porters. Gotcha. So this whole like uh, triple dry hopped, you know, uh, IPAs, I'm guessing it's like I'll take a sip and hey, that's great. Where's my Tums? Yeah, exactly. It's like okay. I'll take a taste of that. Uh, and yeah. there was a rough one where a buddy of mine gave me a wheat wine that mm-hmm. was really really exceptional i could tell that it was really exceptional but mm-hmm. i was also like i can only have a couple of sips of this gotcha mm-hmm. so into craft beer and yeah. you do i mean uh the bar chaplain i was look, i was looking at the site a little while ago and you're actually talking about your bar setup because you do more than just craft beer i mean you hang out in breweries but bars normally have beer and drinks and you're a fan of those as well right. Oh, yeah. Well, and man, I got into cocktails just because there's there's a part of me that, dude, I, I, I totally own that I'm, you know, artsy fartsy. Like if there's a way for me to be a little bit snobby about something, I'm all for it. It's just more entertaining to me. Um, and so I remember I'm glad to see you're time. humble as well. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> but man, the first time I saw somebody really mixing cocktails who like mm-hmm. knew what they were doing, dude, I was blown away. And I just thought I got to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, there's a bar in Jacksonville called Sidecar that I started going to about five years ago, and just seeing the speed and precision, I was like, man, this is an art. The cocktail. And oh, so no. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's when I fell in love with the cocktail. I was like, I got to learn this. Um, so, yeah, most of the stuff that I make tends to be based around bourbon, just its personal preference. It's, but I mean, and I, got, I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. It's the American <laughs> spirit. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, of course, everybody's got their own spin on the old fashioned. Like, mm. yeah, my, my wife is actually from Wisconsin. So I had to learn how to make Wisconsin or I had to learn how to make the Wisconsin old fashioned, which is actually brandy based with muddled fruit. Oh, I mean, I, I get it, yeah. but that 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 does not spell old fashioned to me. Um, I know, right? It's, yeah, it's a little I, different. It, it that is a bit different. Um, mm-hmm. I like my drinks mean. Um, I like my drinks that you can taste the alcohol. Um, during Christmas, um, I make a drink. I call it the the Santa's lump of coal, and it's nice. a uh, it's a an ounce of gin and then three quarters of ounce of absinthe and then a large ice cube, and that's it. And that Perfect. is. That's my drink. I mean, mm. you, uh, you're. I give that to other people. I'm like, look, this you're one and done. So unless you're, you know, you have someone else driving you, like you, you should be just stand around tonight for a long time. Or we got a couch. Everybody leaves. You can just take the couch. Um, oh yeah. Well, and that's we we got a guest room in the house for exactly that reason. What what kind mm-hmm. of gin do you use? Um, I like really herbally. Um, Botanica is a really fun one. Uh, we have Bulldog, which I think you could find on your side of the Mississippi. Okay. Um, if you can't, uh, if you can, it's in a black bottle, um, and it's 25 bucks and it's a great London gin. Um, okay. if I'm feeling fancy schmancy, we have a bottle of no um, mm-hmm. which is, oh, it's so good. That's not the type of gin that my wife likes, but that's really up there for me. What I like, um, my, what are the other ones we have Botanica and then we have one or two others out of the names escaping me right now. Okay. But, so uh, it sounds like really the, the London dry style is is kind of the basis for especially that drink right that would be probably a better london dry than the super herbally but i mean mm-hmm. the the botanica works very well with the uh the absinthe um i, okay. I think yeah granted i'm i like absinthe and and gin so to me you, you put both them together i'm gonna be pretty happy yeah nice yeah, yeah. i'm i'm a sucker for a uh Heyman's old tom is actually one of my go-tos right now that mm. and the St. Augustine Distillery uh, here just a little bit south of me has a really solid New World gin. Um, dude, I also got to talk Three Howls. Uh, this is this distillery that's up in Seattle, I think. But, mm-hmm. man, they have they have one of my favorite gins, Three Howls Navy Strength. Of course, I mean, that, that Navy Strength, I think it's like 110 proof. It's a so, bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Potent yeah. stuff. So, so you, you're into drinks, you're into beer, and you start... You go to your pastor, say, you know what, I think I'm ready to hang out in bars. So how does that start off? You're hanging out in bars. I mean, I know the chaplaincy is your, your day job, and that's good to have, mm-hmm. especially if you just want to hang around in bars and drink, because that's, you know, drinks are not, you know, they're not expensive, depending on the ones you get. But um, how does that equate into a beer faith community kind of coming together? So, man, there were a whole bunch of factors that kind of had to line up just right. Uh, in particular, a buddy of mine is actually a beer tender over at Intuition Ale Works here in town. 
Uh, but okay. that's just his part-time job. His full-time is that he also runs a local campus ministry for the Methodist Church. Oh, cool. And so, yeah, another youth pastor had networked me with him mm-hmm. uh, because, man, it's, it's all about the networking, I guess. But, uh, yes, yeah, I would occasionally get texts from him, you know, when yeah. I was still doing church work. They would just be like, hey, come hang out, you know, come hang out at the tap room. And mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you're you're busy. You're not going to actually have time to talk. You're you're running tabs like you're explaining drinks to people like. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll I'll go, but I'm not really expecting to talk to you. And he would start introducing me to people, and mm. you know, because I would go and just have a beer with him, and and then he'd be like, "Hey, man, I got to go wash glasses. Can you talk to Scott for a little while?" Yeah, it's, sure. Yeah, I'll and talk to Scott. Would, and Scott? I would meet, and I would meet <laughs> Scott, and Scott and I would talk about his relationship with his family or his experience mm-hmm. of church when he was a teenager. And, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of became just a running thing where it was like, all right, you know, my buddy at intuition is now like basically creating a referral system. It reached a point where like I performed a wedding for somebody that I met at the bar, like <laughs> and I performed a wedding for her niece. Like it, it just became a running thing. Um, after a while, I actually saw that another brewery in town, there was a pastor who was doing events in that brewery. This was a Hyperion Brewing Company, had a relationship with a pastor named Susan Rogers, who would occasionally just her church would gather there about once a month because, like, gotcha. we have this cool space in our neighborhood. So I started getting to know Susan, uh, started mm-hmm. partnering with her. She introduced me to somebody who was interested in doing a beer and hymns. Man, mm-hmm. I, I dusted off my guitar and jumped in. And, and gotcha. after a while, I... Uh, my buddy Tim, who was running that beer and hymns, he and I and some other people uh, were able to go to this big festival up in North Carolina where uh, Brew Theology is actually a national organization. And I they know go about to this them. thing. Yeah, they go yes. to this thing called the Wild Goose Festival every year. And I'm actually yes. drinking out of my Wild Goose pint glass right now. Ah, um, I see. Yeah, and uh, that's where I got to know the Brew Theology folks. And so I okay. learned about their program. And at this point, I had started attending a church that was just like, Yay bar ministry. Um, there was a pastor in my neighborhood who, again, my buddy from Intuition introduced me to who said, you know, hey, there's this brewery right up the street from my church, Ardwolf yeah. Brewing Company. How can I build a relationship with them? They're my neighbors. And so mm. that was where Brew Theology came in. That was where we, we started doing a Bible study directly in the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it was a couple of pastors who were like, hey, I want to build relationships with these neighbors, but I don't necessarily have the time or the resources. Gotcha. Hey, bar chaplain, what do you got? <laughs> hey, so this man, guy, just, you know, he, he's got some time on his hands. Why don't you, you, you go over there? Yeah. And, and so, yeah. So, so much of it was just, man, the right people being in my path. Gotcha. And so, yeah, man, that was, it was really awesome to be able to network with those pastors and to be able to just kind of partner with them in their journey. And so, yeah, that at this point, uh, we still have a Sunday night Bible study going strong at Ardwolf. We have uh, uh, Susan's Church is doing this amazing work at Hyperion Brewing Company. Uh, and actually, my wife and I have started drinking there a lot lately just because they have this amazing peanut butter porter. Um, yeah, Beer and Hymns, we, we decided to take a season off. We're kind of reevaluating that. Brew Theology, we're getting ready to kick off for our new season. Like, gotcha. man, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on, and, and a lot of it was just man, meeting meeting the right people at the right time. Gotcha. So I'm hearing th- kind of like three different things. You've got mm-hmm. uh, Beer and Hymns, 
uh, yeah. brew theology, and then you just kind of hanging out at the bar, bar chaplain stuff, we'll say? Right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, explain to me what do each one of those kind of look like. So <laughs> I almost think of it just in terms of how much or how little time I'm actually able to talk with folks. Gotcha. Uh like when it comes to beer and hymns, I actually had to take a step back from that one because I was so involved in the running of it, you know, doing sound checks, song selection, all of that. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, I'm, I'm not actually getting to talk to anybody with this mm-hmm. one. Like this, this isn't really what I set out to do. And, and thankfully the folks coordinating that event are just in general awesome and have always been uh, really open to whatever may be going on with my schedule or with gotcha. the evolution of whatever God's doing with all this. Um, so yeah, with beer and hymns, it was much more a, a leadership thing. You know, I'm I'm really there as a musician, but at the same time, drinking good beer with good people. Uh, with brew theology, uh, from that one, I'm very much uh, my wife and I, our friend Maggie, our friend Thomas, uh, all of us are in this sort of leadership coordinating role, and so there, it's much more about facilitating. Uh, I'm meeting people as they come in. I'm bouncing from table to table. Uh, okay. Different, yeah, different groups in different cities have like different approaches to it. Ours, like, man, we we do giveaways. Like, we've got all sorts of just kind of fun, crazy stuff going. So, like, I'm I'm announcing giveaways. It's always like cocktail ingredients or books or whatever we're discussing. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of planning involved in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of crafting conversations. Uh, so. You know, the name actually comes from just as you would brew beer, you're you're brewing theology. This is something you're doing on your own, creating something new using existing elements. Um, And then as far as as far as the bar chaplain side of things, that tends to be the most informal, which is also one of the things that can make it the most fun. Uh, A lot of it just involves going into a tap room where I know a couple of people behind the bar and just being willing to sit for a while. Usually uh, my wife is with me or my friend Steve or my dog, you know, some mm-hmm. somebody. It's it's very seldom just me sitting there solo, but then the conversations just kind of happen. Gotcha. So um, I don't know if you know this about me. I was behind the bar for about a year and a half. I poured a beer <laughs> at a place called Wade's Wines. Yeah. And um, it was – the more that you talk about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I can see how – the the bartender can be like your best networking buddy. And I never oh, yeah. even thought about that until you were talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, I did introduce so-and-so to so-and-so. And don't you remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and anybody listening to this that is like, I need a good place to network, just befriend a bartender. Just, mm-hmm. just, just do that first off. Um, but also when you were talking about having like no the, you know, no the beers, because we did beer and wine uh, at Wade's. And, um, you know, having to know all the inventory, having to know uh, just inventory to an extremely specific level, which is which I love because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a craft beer guy. So Mm -hmm. if you're like, hey, I have 103 beers on tap and I'm looking like, okay, I don't know that one, know that one, got to learn more about this one. And I'm looking at Beer Advocate later on about, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but then also just the listening because that was – my favorite part were the times when I got to just hang out with the regulars. That was yeah. one of my favorite parts and just listening to them, talking to them. Uh, some of them were a lot of fun. Some of them I was like, oh, yeah, you're a regular. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you don't, yeah, you don't have to stay that long today. 
It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, just listening to people. Um, Wade's has kind of a cheers feel. And yeah. so it was really fun to, to see people on a weekly basis and to, to kind of miss some of them when they weren't there and then to catch up mm-hmm. when they came back. I mean, sometimes the conversations were all of 30 seconds. Hey, Senor, back. You Okay, good. You're good. You're good. You're regular. Okay, good. Get you that and give it to the next person. But um, it there is such a community feel. Um, it sometimes it does feel a little bit like that, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes before church starts. And if you're listening to this and going like, what do you mean? Um, and I think every church, there's this 10, 15 minutes that is kind of set aside. And some churches have names for it called like fellowship time, mm-hmm. um, where it's purposely meant out, meant to set out for people just to hang out together. Um, and I feel like that is a, a bar can really possess that feeling. Yeah, but one of the things I'm really interested in that you were just talking about was kind of the the hospitality of the bar mm-hmm. and as, as you're talking about you know getting to know these people especially your regulars and i yeah. uh, you know i i remember um uh, i wish i had the exact quote in front of me but a uh, bartender named ivy mix uh, is really big on hey all of bartending comes down to hospitality you yeah. know you're wanting to serve people in a way that they're going to feel comfortable that they're going to feel welcome, that they're going to feel loved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are the things that church is supposed to do, too. Yeah. It really yeah. goes hand in hand. No, I totally see that. I think that um, the the times that I've – my least favorite times that I've had in both bar and church situations mm-hmm. have been when um, there is this feeling that, um, that uh, you don't belong there. Yeah. You know? By either how the bartender treats you or either by how uh, the community there treats you. Um, mm-hmm. I've had it happen both times where you're like, you know what? I, this is just not me. This is just not going to be my scene. Or, um, um, And I, I've seen times where I've been like at a bar. It's really busy. And the guy has like 15, you know, he's 15 tabs deep. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But there's also 15 tabs deep. And hey, how can I help you out? Thank you. Give me a minute. If you can allow me a little grace, I'll get it to you as soon as I can. I understand oh, yeah. that part to, uh, okay, fine. You want to rush white Russian. I can make you white Russian, but you're going to have to wait. And then go off and you know, go down. I think there's a difference in, uh, in that. And then at, at the same time, like with, at a church where I've, uh, where I've had experience of just kind of like the idea of like, oh, you're here. Okay, well, that's good to see you here. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. Well, that's, yeah. I'm glad you're here. Uh, there's nothing that's inspiring like, oh, wow, I'm so glad you welcomed me to this part of this community. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think because we, we, we texted back and forth on Messenger, and uh, I think something that you, you, you texted me was uh, starting to go down this road. And I want to know if you want to pick up in this or not. But yeah, um, sure. what can a church learn from a bar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think there's some fun things there. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, you know, I think two people have different experiences with church. So I, I acknowledge my experience may be kind of kind of particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I worked as a youth minister for seven years. And in that time, one of the things I noticed was that a lot of church relationships, if you don't really dive in deep with the people there, can be just incredibly surface level. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I even started like in in kind of my most bitter moments of it, I would say like, mm-hmm. yeah. If I want to talk about, you know, the game last night or a good movie that's out or, you know, 
the addition going on somebody's house. Yeah, I'll go to church because that's the kind of surface level conversation people often only have time for there. If I want to talk about Jesus, I'll go to a bar because Mm -hmm. that's where people are genuinely sitting. And, you know, there's there's typically not, you know, a sermon being presented to you. You know, you're not rushing off to to Sunday school or anything Mm -hmm. like that. You are just genuinely sitting and taking in the environment. And, you know, sometimes it can be busy. Sometimes it can be hectic. Sometimes there can be a lot going on. But at the end of the day, you know, and maybe I'm coming at this from more of the cocktail perspective, like, man, I can go get a bottle of bourbon and chill out around my house. I go Mm. to a bar or to a brewery because I want to be around people. Mm. And I think that's true of most people who go into those settings. Mm. Yeah, I I can see that. I'm uh, as you were saying that I was thinking about how many times I've actually had. Um, and I'll let me throw out a fun word. We've mentioned it already before, but uh, theology. Um, yeah. and, and so I was a religion major for about two years. I have done some fun studies in theology. I've done uh, missionary work. I was a youth minister for about a year. I've helped out with youth groups before. Um, I, I, I'm very well versed in church and yeah. uh, the idea of what that, of what the wording and things like that are. So uh, theology to me is a very natural word, but if someone doesn't know what theology is, how would you say what theology is? So theology, like, so at its most literal, like if we want to get into Greek words and all of that fun stuff, it's this, it would be the study of God or the knowledge of God. Um, mm-hmm. I find, for me, theology and spirituality kind of blur together a little bit. That even though I'm using the word theology, especially with a program like Brew Theology, what I'm really interested in is how people understand and interact with the world around them. Uh, you know, what things kind of go beyond the mundane into this sort of holy place? Like, where do you feel connectedness with mm. other people or with something that's bigger than yourself? Mm. And so for me, theology really, like, it's, and I know we're, we're getting into... So often when people hear the word theology, it is kind of this, like, point by point, you know, okay... God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, let's talk about mm. sin and atonement. And that, to me, it's it's something bigger. How do you interact with the world around you? How do you interact with the people around you? How do you interact with whatever creative force may be behind this all? Uh, a creative mm. force that I do choose to view as the Christian God. Mm. See, and I, I, look, I listen to that, and I'm like, and I, because to me, I have a... Um, a much more literal term for theology. So I think of theology okay. as like, okay, theology is, uh, to me, it's the most basic, like, what do you think about God? Mm. <laughs> I want to mm-hmm. hear what you think about God. Let You know, here are some ideas I have. Let's talk that out. Um, yeah. I, I almost think of what you're saying is, is more as a spirituality in, in, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the most fun things is to um, uh, see things differently and then go, huh, cool. And then keep yeah. on going. I think that if if there's something about this whole like the, the things you don't talk about, you know, sex, politics, and, and religion, um, mm-hmm. I think one of the things about that is that it's it, it builds up barriers. It's yeah. like there are, these are walls that I'm not allowed to let other people see into. And so mm-hmm. when you start off, or when you want to, um, when there's that openness of, well, let's take one of those walls out. Yeah, you know. Um, not a, um, not in the term of I, I want to know what you think so that I can 
break it down or belittle, but to in a in a literal general interest of I want to know what you think about this. Um, mm-hmm. I want to know what you think about uh, because it also gets to the to a, a a little deeper point of what someone. Um, it, it's like how uh, there's times where I think about the thought in a how big is your God, yeah. you know how where where does your God expand to where does it not expand to? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I love hearing that. Yeah. Well, and one thing too, uh, you know, you're in Texas, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Which Jacksonville, for for those not really familiar with the state, is just as much Georgia as it is Florida as far as the okay. culture here. Um, when I have people who are like, oh, Jacksonville, Cuban food, I'm like, uh, I wish. No, no, it's, it's much more like traditional Southern, um, mm. you know, and one of the things I find about Jacksonville that I would be willing to bet you've probably experienced in Fort Worth too, is that so many of the people you encounter have had experiences with church, with Christianity mm. and Sometimes those experiences are good. Sometimes those experiences are not so good. And so, man, so many times when I'm sitting on a bar stool, the second I mention, oh, yeah, I'm a chaplain or, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a minister, uh, those conversations tend to open up pretty instantly just by virtue of that job title. And people you know, start to disclose that stuff and, I had and a, really explore it. Yeah. Uh, I had a... Uh, 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 I'll put it this way. He's a preacher friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, say this. He goes, um, when I'm on an airplane, um, depending on how chatty I am, it's it's three different you know jobs that I say. You know, I, I say I'm either a preacher, a pastor, or a minister. And mm-hmm. if I want to talk, I'll say I'm a minister. And yeah. if I just want to kind of be left alone, I'll say I'm a preacher. You know, oh, I, I, I've, I've had that exact experience. I, yeah. yeah. Back when I was doing youth ministry stuff, if I wanted to talk to someone, I would say, oh, yeah, you know, I work with teenagers. And they'd be like, oh, cool. And if I wanted to shut down the conversation, I would say, yeah, I'm an ordained Southern Baptist pastor. <laughs> that usually killed it right there. That'll, that'll kill it right there. Until you grab a beer. Like, mm-hmm. like you're like, what, what, what Baptist church are you going to? Mm-hmm. Mm. Sorry, I don't know if you can hear our, our cat. Do you want a cat? Uh, I you know, send I got you a one. dog. That's yeah. great. Do you want a cat? Uh, Again, I'm more than happy to send it over to you. <laughs> we are a one-animal household. The cow is enough to, to keep us. Oh. oh, yeah. Our, our dog is uh, black and white spotted, so uh, our dog, cow. also known as the cow. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Cowbell. Gotcha. Cowbell Christopher Walken Lewis is her full name. Gosh, it just the the name is so sweet. I feel the cavities coming in. Um, so, uh, so let me ask you this: Is this something I'm 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 starting to explore? And yeah. has your view on alcohol at all changed in being in a bar slash faith community? I'll say, because I think that alcohol in this, especially in the South. Um, now, I've only been living in the South for the last five years, okay? So okay. this is all very it, – it's still – the idea of blue laws still mm-hmm. very weird to me because in California, they don't have so much blue laws as they have tax regulations. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the idea of alcohol is more who's getting their cut, you know? Yeah. There were, there's no county line in – you know, in, in California, you can go to a CVS and buy a fifth of Jack's, 
You know, okay. that that is something that uh, blue laws have been really interesting to me. Um, yeah. But um, something that as I as I more got into beer and as I more got into alcohol, I found that the community um, was becoming more concerned about me, which mm. I understand because there is concern about alcohol. Uh, part of why I have my whole Aldebar persona on the yeah. line is because I had people that were like, Alan, are you really okay in out? You know, you mentioned alcohol. I'm like, well, I, I like drinking beer, which is kind of weird for people to hear. So, um, roundabout way to just say, has your perspective on alcohol changed in any way since doing bar chaplain, brew theology, uh, etc.? So, as a native southerner. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm from Memphis. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, originally. There it comes out. Uh, yeah, I hear it now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it slips out when I start talking about talk, start talking about home. Uh, for me, the the relationship between church and alcohol was always pretty combative growing up, mm-hmm. and uh, I always felt like it was really unhealthy too because we knew who was drinking and we knew who was drinking to excess, but you didn't talk about it because that was civility and. Man, you know, now I, I would I'm, I would look yes, back and I'm just that. looking at you going, thank you. Yeah, like it's that's total. Uh, any any language warnings on here? Can I speak freely? Like, um, you can speak freely. I haven't had to add expletives to any other uh, interviewees. So the bar chaplain being the first, I'm very okay with that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the whole idea of not talking about alcohol is bullshit. Uh, I think that causes way more problems for people because mm. it causes drinking in secret. And mm. one of the things that I love about beer, that I love about cocktails, is doing that in community. And mm. so I always, uh, I, I think what has really changed my take on alcohol more than anything, because you know, initially, especially when I hit college and and especially when I hit seminary, it was kind of pushing back against the stuff mm. I was taught as a kid. Like, you know, okay, you can have church in a bar. And, you know, like that was, you know, I was super emphatic about that. And that was kind of, you know, the hill on which I was willing to die. Like, And then uh, I started, especially in the hospital setting, working with people in recovery mm. and working with people uh, for whom moderate drinking was not an option. Yeah. And in particular... Uh, there's another chaplain I work with who he and I actually met for the first time at City Hall speaking on opposite sides of whether a brewery should be allowed to open near a church. Wow, that is interesting. I was in favor. Uh, That was our first meeting, and he and I have worked together for years since then. And we we had to develop this respect of like, okay, I'm I'm doing ministry in this space that he sees as non-traditional, and at the same time, I need to respect his community, where he's coming from, his experiences, mm. the fact that he's someone who had to put down the bottle and never pick it up again. Mm. And I think, if anything, all of this talk about alcohol and church, I think it's taught me more compassion for the folks who really do struggle with this. Because, mm. I mean, for, for everybody who wants to, like, throw a Bible and talk about alcohol being the devil— uh, yeah, those people are pretty easy to tune out. Yeah, I probably about three or four times a year, I have somebody kind of jump at me on Facebook with that kind of bullshit. And yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to tune out. Um, but what is a more interesting response, I really think is, okay, how do I still be loving and accepting and affirming of my friends for whom moderate drinking is not an option? How can I still be a companion and ally to them? 
And so uh, one of the things that I actually, you know, there's there's a blog component with Bar Chaplin as well, which mm -hmm. honestly is, is just kind of a place for me to offload whatever I'm thinking about while this stuff's mm -hmm. going on. Um, but for Lent one year, you know, mm -hmm. this uh, this time where Christians look toward remembering Jesus's death and resurrection. And so there's this traditional time of kind of kind of abstaining. You know, people talk about giving stuff up for Lent. Uh, I actually devoted all of my posts during Lent one year to writing about moderation and kind of having my rules for moderation of how how I could continue to drink myself while still being supportive of my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, to use the church lingo, mm -hmm. for whom that's not an option. Mm. And so, yeah, that's I think, if anything, that's how my stance on alcohol has changed was, man, when I, you know, in my early 20s, I was a hard line of like, yeah, Jesus turned water into wine. He wasn't just a drinker. He was an enabler. And now it's like, you know, I think if Jesus were in a situation with people who could not drink, he'd probably be sensitive to their needs while at the same time not stopping the party somehow. Mm. Mm. That is so good. I, I really love that. Um, I was uh, uh, this week is going to be really fun for me because I'm interviewing three different people for this segment, um, okay. and I can't really share about the next one because I want to make sure that if if for some reason it doesn't happen, I don't want to give false expectation. But the one I was doing okay. beforehand was with a, a buddy of mine who is now uh, I think he's uh, the co-pastor. If not, he'll be taking on the full pastor role at a, at a little small church, mm -hmm. and we were talking about. Um, we were talking about this moderation, um, and I, it, it just kind of got me thinking about that whole uh, Jesus turning wine, water into wine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most, especially with the beer drinking community or any drinking community, that's like the most favorite, you know, Jesus verse oh, yeah. that there is. Um, but I was, I, I think there's so much, as with any Bible story, so much to gain out of that. Um, what still strikes me in that story is the the fact that Jesus um, he he kept the he kind of kept the party going. Yeah. Um, it's it was I don't think that story so much about alcohol as it is Jesus yes showing his his abilities the first miracle and all that for the rest, but also um, someone that is. Uh, keeping the celebration. I think when we focus on the alcohol of that, I think we miss part of like what was going on. We exactly. miss that, you know, we, we miss that there was a wedding party going on, that this was something, a, a big celebration of lives coming together, um, yeah. and that he kept that celebration going. Now, granted, well, uh, mm -hmm. if he kept, if he made water that was drinkable, amen, I think we would have a very different story to tell. But, um, he turned it into wine, the thing that everybody drank, the thing that everybody – and I mean when the, when the host is excited about the wine, I mean I can't imagine how much more exciting that must have made everything. Um, yeah. So I, I – I, there's parts of me that go back, man, I would really love to just take like a full series and talk about that story. But oh, um, yeah. There's so much there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think there's there's so much to I think moderation I think there's also uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Nadia Bowles Weber mm -hmm. um, yeah 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 uh, she's a great I, I would recommend her to anybody even outside of the Christian world but um, she has a great thought about moderation and that she doesn't do it very well and mm -hmm. that maybe there's something we said about 
the feasting and the fasting. Like how well do you feast and how well do you fast? Yeah. And that's been something that I've been I've that really made me think about how I look at alcohol is how well do I feast in alcohol and how well do I fast in alcohol? Mm. Um, because I think there needs to be a bit of both in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's, you know, a, a buddy of mine a few years ago would periodically just kind of build in these breaks to make sure that if he ever did need to stop completely, he always could. And I always mm. have tremendous respect for that. Man, I do kind of want to circle back to the, the water and the wine story. Please. Uh, just because I know that uh, for, for anybody listening who may not be familiar with that, Jesus' first miracle in the Gospel of John is mm-hmm. he's attending this wedding. He's got his disciples with him. And I love the way it unfolds because in those days, you know, throwing an amazing wedding feast was like this was a sign of honor. And, you know, this was a sign of your social standing. And this was a multiple day affair. Like yeah. the wedding receptions of today pale in comparison to how big a deal a wedding was back then in that culture. And so when Mary, Jesus's mother, who's there also looks at him and says, they're out of wine, do something. It's a big deal. It is can we, can we all deal. just feel the mom guilt in that as well? Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There is serious mom guilt happening. Uh, and so when Jesus turns water into wine, like it's not cause he's a lush. It's not cause he's just trying to throw some kind of rager. It's all because it's a matter of hospitality mm. because he does not want this couple being embarrassed. He does not want the groom being shamed. He is saving the groom's social standing by creating this amazing wine from water. Mm. And so that, that to me is what's always stood out about the story is, yeah, it's not about drinking at all. It's not about the wine. It's about hospitality, and it is about lifting somebody else up and making sure that they're okay. Mm. I, you know, and that's, that's such a good point because I think about, um, uh, I think about that in, in just social graces. Again, I'm trying to find a similar situation, but it would be like, uh, almost like Thanksgiving, you see someone's burning the turkey, and you're like, hold on, before you pull that out of the oven, just turn it off, I'm going to run and grab one, and we're going to make a switch real quick, and yep. oh my goodness, there's a turkey, no one's none the wiser, and oh my goodness, it's the best turkey everybody's made. I, that's a very pitiful comparison, but if there is one to be made, um, because I, I I think that that's like a, like, ah, yeah, that's a, a saving grace, we'll say. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing I love about it, too, is that, you know, we, we get this image of you know, kind of kind of Jesus the protector, almost. You know, this Jesus sweeping in and just helping out. And, you know, I think about when, when we talk about community mm-hmm. in a brewery space, in a church space, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So much of it has to do with that compassion for the people who are in your space. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what true. Jesus is modeling there. That's what we're supposed to be imitating. You know, and there's there's just so many, there's so much rich images there, like, you know, talking about, because, I mean, the water that he's using to make that is, you know, the water that people are washing their feet in and stuff like that. You know, they dumped out those jugs, put some new water in it, like, mm-hmm. but still, you know, there's there's servants who know what's going on when the party guests don't know what's going on. Like, there's, there's all well, these layers to that story. Imagine being that servant yeah. that's like, wait, wait, we're going to do what? Like yeah. you want me to do what? You just just put the cover on, open it up again. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure, Jesus, whatever. And we think yeah. of that now as a joke because we know Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the servants got to be thinking, 
Yeah, sure, homie. Whatever. I'll put yeah. the cap on. Okay. <laughs> what you gonna do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I uh, uh, if anything, Monty Python taught me to taught me to question the moment of something mm-hmm. in a in in what what are the circumstances around that that other people could be see, seeing? Have you seen Life of Brian? Man, it's on my list. It's on my list. I've been meaning to watch that movie. I haven't for seen years. Life of Brian. Oh, I can't I make know. any references. Oh. Ah. You you take that and you watch, you go watch this is a sign from God you go watch Life of Brian right I mean, it, this it needs to be done man I have the DVD even and I just I need to sit down oh, and do you it watch that oh you you heathen <laughs> you that is not right oh having the DVD of Life of Brian and not oh I'm gonna have to watch that soon um man it has been uh, and we end off in Mind Python I love it uh I I. I need you on another episode. I'm just letting you know. I almost want to just pause it. this conversation and just say I can't wait to have you back on. Um, there's more to talk about, um, and there's so much more to go down. I'm looking at my notes going, oh, but we didn't get to it. I want to, but it, it, uh, uh. It, it, if I go down any more roads, we're, I, I, I will be going way over what I what this podcast kind of is and so um, we're going we're going to put a pin in the hat and go more to come later you on you got it man oh I'm loving this Tom man it is so good to talk to you I've so enjoyed this conversation it is it has been just um, I love the variety and the the awesomeness that is the beer community um, and all the different perspectives that I, I've been able to meet and talk to and uh this is kind of for season two so i'm excited about that as well well it'll it'll probably be in between season two um not that that's less than a season two but like i've I've got things planned all around anyways stuff's happening um but no i i want you back on i'm just letting you know that uh conversation shall continue um the rest of this time the mic is Mm -hmm. yours uh you have a twitter account an instagram account you have all that tell everybody about it yeah so i'm on twitter and instagram as bar chaplain the website is barchaplain.com uh you know i i love it when uh occasionally somebody will ask me oh yeah how's the blog going because like dude the, the blog is so secondary the uh uh, Ruth Theology, uh, our Ardwolf Bible study, which we, we tend to go with names like uh, um, we we did Brews and Hebrews. Uh, we recently did uh, Corinthians and Cold Ones or Corinthians and Crowlers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we always have some kind of fun theme going there. Uh, and man, just I'm excited to see what's going on at different breweries around Jacksonville. We didn't even get into the Jacksonville brewery scene, which is its whole peculiar animal because of the different uh, mm. the different laws surrounding alcohol in this city. I guess that'll that'll have to be a next time. Uh, uh, yeah, barchaplain.com, had... barchaplain on social media. Mm. Say that one more time. Barchaplain.com and barchaplain on social media. And that's all together, barchaplain on just bar straight chaplain, together, no spaces, all one word. anything. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Amazingly, the domain name was available, so swept yeah. it up. You, you know what? I know nothing about beer. Also available, and uh, really? Al the Brewer. No, there are no other Al the Brewers out there. Or if I prevent them from taking it, I'm sorry, but I, I still kind of keep that name around. I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think if I even know some Al's who brew. Like, there, there's got to be, but there's there's got to be. I just the, swept it up, man. <laughs> oh, the, I mean, I've had that for for a long time. So it, it, right. yeah, it's it's been a while. Yeah. Um. But Tom, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. I've 
thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I can't wait for our next one. And I'm already going like, ah, oh, maybe I can squeeze you in at this point. But we'll, we'll, to me, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the next one. So thank you very much. I'm so excited. I'm so glad you were able to come on the podcast, and I can't wait for more. Looking right. forward to it, too, Al. I've enjoyed right, this. Man. Thanks. Okay. Bye.